quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Did you know that tantrums can be connective and are the way in which our children process emotions? Are you aware of what the secret power you are teaching your children when you sit through big, messy feelings? I teach you these things and so many more in my brand new course, Understanding Big Emotions Without Losing Your Mind. For the first time, I'm on camera explaining and discussing all the ins and outs of tantrums, connection, and the incredible things you can teach our children along the way. If you purchase this course, you will be placed in a special Facebook group only for students of UBE, and you will be invited to a live Q&A next month. This course will be out for a limited time so head over to the show notes or my IG bio link to find out more. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and today I have my lovely guest, Courtney, who took my six-week course, and she's going to tell us all about it. Welcome, Courtney, to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. I am well, Michelle. How are you? Thanks for having me. I love that you're coming on here, and I loved working with you. And why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Well, first off, I have to say, working with you has literally changed my life. And I'm not even being funny. I'm not being overly zealous. I'm being just flat out sincere and honest. And I say that on so many levels, which we can get into. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, no, no, it's true. A little bit about me. So I'm in Pittsburgh. I used to be in Los Angeles. I look forward to coming back to Los Angeles. <laughs> can you send some sunny weather? So I'm a mom of three little boys, ages 10, almost 10 and six and a new three-year-old and boy those little boys are no joke moms of boys that's a whole like entity yeah. right? that's that like a co-op, right? that could be a whole episode in fact we should do that. <laughs> yes 
yeah. parenting boys is yeah. that is difference. It's, it's a like- thing. I do think it's a thing. So you took the six week course and why don't you tell folks what was the hardest part about it? Either this method in general or the course in general, what was hard? What was challenging? I think the most challenging thing is just our innate mom, dad instinct of doing what we think is the right thing because we've all been doing what we know for decades and we don't know what we don't know. And we inherently believe that if we don't know something, well, why would that work? Because what we've been doing for centuries is what we've been doing for centuries. Yeah. So trying to kind of come out of that innate feeling of behavior and to go against the grain per se was really challenging and is really challenging for me. I think you're right. I think it isn't that you have to do special time every day or that these tools are necessarily hard. It's that you're fighting against yourself because yourself says, no, I have to teach them to be good people. And if I don't give them a consequence, they're going to be bad people. Yes. And I think because we are so wrapped around consequence and not just as parents, as society, if you don't do X, Y, and Z in the workforce, then you won't be promoted. There really is this whole mindset around consequences. And some of which I think are necessary and logical and some we have deemed necessary and logical, and we haven't been able to differentiate that. And yeah, I think people fear too, that if they parent this way, that we're not going to prepare our kids for the real world, because the real world, just like you said, is full of consequences and punishments that we think we're doing our kid a disservice if we don't condition them now to understand it for later. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say that's not true. And I am... Absolutely certain that's not true based on how I have watched some of the changes in my own kids, especially my one child. And, you know, I came to you in kind of a point of desperation because everything I had been doing was not working. The consequences, the sticker charts, the timeouts, the you name it. And I felt like, wait a minute, they worked with one child. Why wouldn't they work with the other child? And I'm smart enough to know that not every child is the same, clearly. But at the same time, it just didn't make sense to me why this wouldn't work the same way. And then having spoken with you and spent so much time working through things, I recognize now that no, consequences aren't going to work for every child. And just because maybe it was effective or kind of effective, but not really when it comes to your connected relationship with the child, you deem it to be, oh, it worked. Well, yeah, but at what price? And Mm. for who did it work? Right. That's exactly right. And you and I have had so many great conversations and you've taught me so many things about what happens in the bigger picture with our relationship with our children when we parent with consequences and punishment and fear. Yeah. And I think the conventional wisdom says to us, we need to garner behavior. We're looking to change behavior, motivate behavior, make behavior stop. And I think that this methodology says we're looking to create a lifelong relationship with somebody and who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who gives them time out. Absolutely. And I really appreciated a lot of the almost like a therapy kind of mentality for me to have to take home at night and say, wait a minute, what has gone on in my life that 
frustrates me so deeply when my child isn't acting, quote, the right way in public. Why is that so shameful to me? Why is it that I have to believe that I've done something wrong as a parent, that my child is acting this way? Where does that come from for me? So that was a big one for me. That I think is everything because if you just had to parent and you didn't have anything external kind of interfering your life and also your own childhood, if you could live in a bubble, basically, <laughs> you're fine, but you can't and you don't. And I think that's precisely, that's what this method is. It's more than here, let me give you a special time. Sure, that's great. That works. But it is really like, how do I change myself so I can come to my children where they are? Because like you said, not every kid's the same. Right. Well, when I started seeing, I mean, just even after a week or two, having had conversations with you and I would see the baby who was barely three at the time asking for special time. And I thought, oh my gosh. So not only do we recognize what a sponge these little people really are and often are not given that credit, but on top of that, he is recognizing his primal need for connection and he is seeing his siblings receiving it And if I wasn't maybe offering it to him as a priority because I was prioritizing them, he would call me on it. And I'm like, wow, the baby is asking for the special time and he's demanding it. And he recognizes he needs that too. And he's going to hold me to it. That was big. That was a really big aha moment. Yeah, that's an amazing one. Just for him to say, I want the connection. I need the connection. Baby love. What about, tell us what you've seen. I didn't tell you you're going to have this question, so. We can totally cut it out if we want, but tell us what positive changes you've seen, not just in yourself, but with your boys. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I was searching for when I came to you was I needed a sense of calm in myself, in my kids. I couldn't be this yelling mom that I never wanted to be that I had become. And that has really gone down exponentially. I cannot lie and tell you that it has gone totally, but it is really much, much lower. I mean, if you were to put a measure it on a scale of one to 10, I was probably at a 10 when Mm -hmm. I came to you. And now I'm probably at like a two or a one and a half. And I'm really, really proud to say that. You should be. That's huge. And I think a lot of people struggle that way. That's where I struggled hugely. Like I had to, I just was a yeller and took me a long time. So you should be giving yourself a little attaboy. Oh, thanks. And it's not perfect. And some days I am a five and some days I might go back to a 10, but I'm much more mindful of What is that creating in them? Here I am. I mean, Michelle, I would yell at them back in the day and I would be like, stop yelling. (laughs) (laughs) We all do that. You're not alone. (laughs) I mean, like I could almost stand outside of myself and go, did you just do that? Because that was ridiculous. That was like theater of the absurd right there. And don't do as I do, do as I say. And it was so anti-tech, it felt like. So for that, I've seen that change just with me, but also obviously that permeates for the whole house. Sense of calm has been big. I see, oh, this one's a big one. Yeah. Now I have gotten the kids because of the sibling. I want every toy that each other has at that very moment. I even though I haven't thought about it for a decade that it's been the case, but I want it now because my brother hasn't. I was trained back in the day, the school of thought of, well, everybody has to share. That's just what you do. And that's share and share, like, oh, that's nice. But You and I came to the, you know, you helped me come to the realization of that's not necessarily true. And we don't have to do that. But if we can get the child to ask, hey, may I borrow that? Or could you mind if I use that? Or can I play that, play with that for now, please? 
And it's okay for the other sibling to say no in that moment, watching what that feels like. Yeah. And it almost creates a level of empathy for them. Mm-hmm. And that's been really effective. The baby is the one that I always have to remind, hey, just ask for that, buddy. Just ask your older brother for that. And he does. And every time he asks for it, they give it to him. Hey, can you believe that? He's three. Yes. And you've yeah. only, I mean, We've just finished working with each other. So let's not say this hasn't been going on that long, like just a couple of months. And after that, after a couple of months, he's asking for it at three. He's able to do it. Epic. Now, sometimes I have to remind him he has to ask. He'll take the toy and I'll be like, hey, buddy, don't forget. You got to ask though first. And that's a testament to your hard work and all the stuff you're doing with him. It is. You listen, I kind of thought like, if I can't get it right by the third one, and I really hope that because he is so little and I started this homework so early, I hope that he never has a memory of me being a crazy yelling mom, because that's not the memory I want my kids to have of me. He won't. And my hope is that I can shift it all and everybody will remember me as some like copacetic, calm, fun mom. (laughs) They will. And you are, and you're doing it. You're doing all the hard work. Those boys are hecka lucky. Well, and I think too, that, thank you. That's really sweet. For me, play has been really challenging because I'm not an inherently playful person. Yeah. I kind of come from that corporate strategic background mindset, academia, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a very business minded person. So when it comes to my kids, I inherently want everything to be logical and to make sense of everything and to explain it all. Like everybody's going to die in my house of explanation for me, if that's how it's going to go down. So you taught me, Courtney, quit the rationalization. They don't need an explanation. Don't go there with them. It's not necessary. And play, just play. Yeah. Get on your hands and play and show them that you be silly and show them the silliness of it. And boy, that will detract the tantrum the sibling rivalry, all of that stuff. That is hands down the easiest technique that I still struggle with, by the way, but it is hands down. It always works. It's brilliant. I think the play, it's an incredible, like you said, it's so easy, but it's so hard for us, especially if we aren't playful people. We didn't have parents that played with us or whatever it is that we can't get there because we've lost that little kid in us. We've lost it. And that's been a real aha moment for me personally too, because- The one thing we love with our children is that they have this beautiful childlike quality that they see the, the world through a whole fresh, different set of eyes that's yeah. not jaded in any way. So for yeah. me to kind of come to that level and to just let the housework go, let the cooking go, whatever, mm-hmm. and just be with them. And yeah. that was the big thing too. Because I remember when I came to you early on, I was like, Michelle, I feel like I'm this stay-at-home mom. Yes, I know I have a business, but... I just still feel like I'm the most non-present stay-at-home mom. Like I'm just not mentally there. I used to say that. that. I used to say that I was the most unattached, disconnected, stay-at-home mom who was always there, but I just wasn't there. And I couldn't get there because I didn't know how that felt or looked like because nobody modeled it for me. And I think that's the problem too, is we come to this parenting with not, we love our parents and we don't want to demonize them. And they did the very best that we had. (laughs) They could, but very few of them knew what connection was themselves because they weren't modeled it. So how could they give us something they never had? And now we're in this world where you can ask for help from people who know things. We all need help. Yes. And I remember when you and I had started working early on, the one thing you reminded me of about this method, even though I was somewhat familiar with it, is that this isn't a no structure parenting style. This isn't a full on no consequence. I mean, we can set boundaries and we can have rules. 
we just have to really kind of pick those battles and determine what's important, what we're going to really stick with and hone in on and what we're going to just say it's okay on some other levels, you know? I think that's so true too. I want to go back to the reasoning thing because I think it's an, an interesting point that a lot of us go to reasoning. And I think why I always went to reasoning is because I was trying not to yell. So I was like, if I could just reason them through this situation, I could keep myself from yelling, right? This is like the new parenting. You don't yell or send your kid to timeout. You reason with them. You explain them everything. And, and it from yelling. Hopefully it brings them down too. Like that's right. my mindset. Right. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. We're trying to talk them out of their feelings. Yes. Here, I'll tell you why you shouldn't be upset. Well, if you just did this or that, or if you just understood it the way I do, then you don't have to have the feelings and the feelings will go away and we can move past that. But what kids want is to have their feelings. Right. And I didn't realize that early on. Empathy is a word which eluded me as a new mom. I didn't grow up in an empathic house, so of course, I wasn't really sure how to show my children empathy, mainly because I didn't realize how important and impactful empathy can be, nor what it really looked or felt like. In my new course, Understanding Big Emotions, I outline what empathy is and how to use it, along with the complete video course, which you're able to keep in perpetuity and will also be given support materials, a private Facebook group, and a live Q&A. In the show notes or in my bio on IG, you can find the link to purchase the class and get all the details. Join me inside UBE and turn empathy into your most powerful parenting tool. I don't inherently mean to have them be stuffers. I don't want them to stuff their emotion, but I also recognize much more now with so much clarity that they should be allowed to voice their opinions and they should be allowed to feel whatever they're feeling. If they're mad or sad or frustrated, I want them to come to me and tell me that. Sometimes I don't always like the way they do it because they're little people and their brains aren't fully developed to talk the way you and I are talking right now. But I also have to be able to stand back and recognize I can't have it both ways. I can't have the great, fabulous, connected relationship later where they tell me how they feel and their friends and whatever drugs or smoking or sex or whatever might be going on as they get older into teenage years. Oh God, help me. But I also recognize if I don't work on that now and allow them to feel what they feel and talk that through with them, why would I get that later from them? I don't know. And I think that's a big question. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to use this control parenting. And then by the time they're 12, they say, oh, well, you can tell me anything though. If anything's bothering you, or if you get in trouble or whatever, every time they've done something wrong, you punish them. They're not going to tell you that they've done something wrong because of course, experience tells them you're not safe. It's Pavlov's dogs. I mean, you can't continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect the results to be different, right? Yeah. That was kind of an aha moment for me too. And I thought, what kind of relationship do I want with these people long term? Right. Because building it right now. Yeah. And You're all the yelling right in my house isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> not, like at one point I felt like I was so frustrated and I would be so dragged down by the end of the day. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how many times did I say no today? How many times did I nag at them today? How many times did I just beat them down? Not really, but kind of squelch their feelings all day, mm-hmm. all day. That not only wears, I'm like, well, if it's wearing on me, that's got to wear on them. But you were in survival and you were trying your best to force it to be calm. And I don't think your 
any more unique than the rest of us. I think we've all been there and that we just don't know any better. But look at all the yeah. wonderful things you've learned. Oh my gosh, it's like a whole new pedagogy. Oh my God. Well, here I sound like this host of that. I'm this fabulous mom and I, I'm getting there. Like I recognize that it's not a destination and it is a journey. And working with you has been so eye-opening for my kids, for me, for my kids and yeah. for me personally, for them. And I just feel like if more moms would recognize that the resources they have out there in you and in this particular method, they wouldn't feel so alone. Yeah. I think that's a big one. We all feel like we're in our houses just doing all this, just getting through thinking, I'm not going to yell tomorrow. I'm not going to yell the next day, promising yourself and then going to bed, feeling sad and then getting up and starting over and think, Oh, I'm going to do it this day. And we're just like hoping we don't with no extra support. I know. And then I think as women, I think we're so hard on ourselves that we slip up once during the day. It's like bad eating. Oops. I slipped up. And then it's, you can't recover and you just kind of thrown the whole day and then downhill. And it's not like that. It's not about that. No, it isn't. Um, Like you said, it's not a destination. It certainly is the journey. The journey is the work. And that's where we find the relationship is in the journey. And the children, like children inherently are so forgiving. I know they're so sweet. I know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these little people just keep coming to me and tell me that they love me. And they deserve the best of me, whatever that is, but I got to do that for them. Yeah. And you are, you're doing all the good stuff. Yay, yeah, Court. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. There's moments that have been really hard and there's some things that come so naturally and so easily and some things that are just kind of that continuous thing in the back of my mind. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Yeah. You got this, use this, you know. And I just want to tell people out there who don't know, I give my personal cell phone number to my private clients. And they get to text me and I love Courtney's texts because she was like, just let it like, this is happening. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what? And we would get there through text, which was so profound because we could have this five minute, 10 minute text exchange and get somewhere. And it's like that extra help. I feel like you have that touchstone, like, okay, I can ask a question. I can just get in there if I need to, or just vent. I have to tell you, I will not erase that text chain because I have gone back to our text chain about three times looking back through things that have happened very similarly, you know, a week later, two weeks later, whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's right. Michelle said dot, dot, dot. And I mean, it's like an epiphany. I'm not kidding. It was great. And I can't, I mean, yeah. Good. I'm so glad. Well, what one piece of advice would you give anyone out there who's either thinking about taking the course and, or who's just trying to start this journey of conscious parenting or in the journey of conscious parenting, what would you tell somebody? First of all, you are not alone. That was the big thing. You always made me feel like I had this supporter of it's okay. You're not by yourself. You're not out there kind of on an Island by yourself. So that's the first thing. And the other thing is trust the process. Yeah. This isn't something that you decided to write a book about, I mean, this is just proven technique. I mean, time and time again, this is not some new AG kind of thing. Yeah, it works. It does work. It really does. And I see the change in my kids and I see how much more mindful they are, not always, not always, but how much mindful they are being of each other, hopefully in their own situations of maybe instead of blowing up about not getting that for dinner, 
maybe they're like, all right, mom, that's not really what I wanted for dinner, but I guess I'll eat it. Can I have what I want tomorrow? Instead of, ah, you know. <laughs> Instead of throwing the food on the floor and that's it. It's well, all yeah, that has happened back yeah, in the day. That does so happen. I, but I do think a lot of that behavior comes from my behavior, right? It's like, you got to be the model of the behavior. Yeah. It's a big combination of things, right? It's like, it's our behavior. And then it's how our kids react to us. And each kid's going to react differently to us, even in the same family. Yeah. And then it's their past experience and it's our past experience. And it's what they're dealing with in their lives, their baby traumas and their big traumas and our little traumas. And that it all comes together. And if you just hit at the wrong intersection, it becomes an upset. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't grow up with any siblings. So having to kind of manage and lead these little people and siblings that they are to each other is a different dynamic with which I'm not terribly familiar. So that's a whole different level of navigation for me, you know? Yeah, but you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, you're doing great. So tell us about yourself professionally, where we can find you and what work are you doing? Because I'd like people to know that. Well, you're sweet. So I am a nutrition person. I don't know, but you know, some people say like expert guru. I, I'm not really one of the labels or anything. So I teach about nutrition. I'm certified, all of that. I try to do plant-based, although I am certainly a burger eater on occasion. Let's not pretend. And I think there's a lot of validity to moderation in certain ways. Yeah. So I try to encourage mindful eating and healthful eating and lifestyles and things like that. So find me on Instagram at mostly plant mama. And I do lots of stuff with how we try to maybe get our kids to eat a little bit better and how we try to make things more sustainable for ourselves and not count calories or macros, but have like a normal life and eat good, real whole food. Yeah. Great. Great, great, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to share a story about food. My oldest is she's a new vegetarian, like in the last like eight months, she's decided she's gonna be a vegetarian. But like you, I think every once in a while, she's like, oh, I want a piece of chicken. <laughs> so last <laughs> night we had steak and I made her lentils and all this stuff, but her sister and I were eating filet mignon. <laughs> and she was like, can I just, can I have a bite? And I was like, you can have the whole thing if you want. She ate that whole steak <laughs> and she was like, oh, mom, I just must've needed it. I was like, you probably did, baby. You're probably not eating enough protein or whatever, but I believe too in moderation. And I think it was so helpful to look at your food, but also to give yourself a break that you don't have to be so stringent on things. First of all, kudos to you for being so encouraging of whatever she wants to do, but also kudos to her for recognizing that her body is looking for maybe the creatine in the meat. I mean, there's so many different variables to that. And I always teach my clients it's kind of about bio-individuality. What works for one person may not work for somebody else. And one person's medicine is another person's poison. Yeah. So while it sounds really good in theory that we all could be plant-based, yeah. yes, we need more plants. Yes, we need more fiber. Yeah. But there's a lot of value to quality meat product. Yeah, I love that. Miss Courtney, I miss our sessions. I wish we were like doing it. We could start all over again and do it again. <laughs> oh, no. oh, we will. These kids are going to get older. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll need me. You're going to be in different dynamic. So we will. Don't forget, don't think that we won't because I am looking forward to having you on my speed dial, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I so appreciate it. And thank you everybody out there for who's listening. And thanks for joining us on the Peace and Parenting podcast. And we can't wait to see you next time. It was such a pleasure guiding Courtney on this journey to more calm. 
She's making meaningful changes with her sweet boys. Helping clients in my one-on-one course is my most favorite work. I love the aha moments and the new ways we all look at parenting and children. These sessions help me just as much as they do my clients, and I am forever grateful for the opportunities to meet and interact with such insightful folks who are making a big difference in the lives of their children and ultimately in our society at large. If you're interested in my one-on-one course, I will link its description in the show notes, or you can contact me at michelle at peaceandparentingla.com. Thank you for being here. For all the amazing reviews, kind DMs, and emails, my heart is full and overflowing with the love I feel for this incredible community. I look forward to connecting with you next time. Much love. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.